0: Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another incredible installment of Weekend Update. From very high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns, in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. The chief job of the media is to be the watchdog of government, to expose incompetence and corruption at every level. None of them are shy to claim that that is the very thing that they do, and all of them, at least the newspapers anyway, get some of our money to do just that. Every single newspaper in Wyoming gets government funds to publish legal notices. In fact, the vast majority of local newspapers in Wyoming would not exist if it weren't for city and county and state funding. It's not that government entities just write them a check just because they exist. No, they get paid for publishing legal notices. Legal notices that could otherwise be taken up by advertising. And it's guaranteed income. It's in-state law that legal notices have to be published in the newspaper of record. If you ask me, that law is extraordinarily outdated, since most people don't get their news from printed news sources. But there again, if we didn't have a law, government probably wouldn't publish anything. Or if they did, it would be extraordinarily outdated and lacking in transparent information. That being said, many local newspapers in Wyoming survive off of your tax dollars. The last time I did a little math on our local paper, the Buffalo Bullcrap, uh, Buffalo Bulletin, I added up about $100,000 in revenue, and that was just the legal notices from the city. You know, their council minutes, the minutes of the county commissioner's meeting, and the required publication of salaries. That didn't include all of the oil and gas advertisements and all of that. So the actual revenue number for that one paper is far above the $100,000 that I figured out. So in a way, you really could consider them state media. We do pay for a large percentage of their income, after all. And like I said, they all claim to be the fourth branch of government. There's an ad that the Buffalo Bulletin is fond of printing, and it says, we're the watchdog of government, and it even has a little bulldog in the ad. But they don't really do that. Not in Johnson County, anyway. You could make a pretty good case that their sole purpose is to defend those elected officials that are in power right now. I've pointed out numerous times where the Buffalo Bulletin has printed things that are just flat wrong about our local elected officials. Cases that are easily proven. And yet, when it's pointed out, you'll never see a retraction about the story. And many times, I wonder if there's any intellectual curiosity at all. They always seem to take the side of our local elected officials, specifically Representative Barry Crego. You'll never see them criticize that guy's voting record, and there's a lot of material there. In all fairness, though, politics really isn't their bag, so I guess I shouldn't expect too much from them. And the reason I say that I wonder sometimes if there's any intellectual curiosity whatsoever down there by the creek is the story that I brought you on Wednesday. That for six years, Johnson County's audit has contained glaring errors. And the problem has actually gotten worse over time. In some cases, the county can't tell you where they got their money or where they spent it. One of the findings in the 2022 audit, that's this year's audit, says that across the whole of Johnson County government, there were significant journal entries. That means that they didn't have a receipt to show where they spent our money. There's absolutely no way that they can tell. That's why there's a journal entry there. Now, I'm not saying that there's any sort of malfeasance that's going on in Johnson County. What I am saying, however, is they can't prove there isn't. There are material audit adjustments in almost every single aspect of Johnson County government. Now, what that means is the number that they reported to the auditing firm is different than the numbers that the auditing firm found. In just one example, just one, and there are lots more. The Johnson County Fair Board reported $2.06 million in assets. The audit that came from PMCH in Casper shows $2.67 million in assets. That's a 25% error. Okay, so you might say that that's a good thing. We've got more money than we thought we did. But why didn't they know that they had over $600,000 extra? And that's just one example. There are errors that are just as glaring as that one across the entire Johnson County audit. If you look at the health insurance portion of the audit, there are millions and millions of dollars worth of adjustments. On page 96 of the audit, which is the Johnson County Fairgrounds, the figures that PMCH came up with are not even anywhere close to the profit and loss statement that was furnished to PMCH by the Johnson County Fair Board. In other words... They really don't have any idea what their financials look like. And that's just one example across the whole of Johnson County government. There are other branches of government that have the exact same problems. But the big question, my friends, is why has nothing been done, for, done about this for six years? These same problems have existed since 2017. And again, don't take my word for any of this stuff. I've put all of the information you need at CowboyStatePolitics.com. It's all there. All you have to do is go verify it for yourself. Just like the so-called watchdogs of government should have been doing since 2017. It's absolutely worth noting that the guy who is responsible for all of this stuff, and has been since 2016, is Johnson County Commission Chairman Bill Novotny. Granted... He doesn't put all of this financial information together. Oh, no, that would take way too much time. But he is the one that is responsible in the end for all of this. In fact, all of the Johnson County commissioners are. But Bill is the chairman. So this terrible audit lands squarely on his desk. So as I told you on Wednesday's program, I've got two other big stories that came to light during this whole audit investigation. From a taxpayer's perspective, They're both equally disturbing, and I'll tell you about them after the break. But first, an absolutely obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or maybe a barn or a roping arena or even a giant warehouse for your business, then you need to call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. These two guys are the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else, and they definitely do a much better job than anybody else. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. Or their website is MortonBuildings.com. So whatever you're thinking about for your property, just give Nick and Jesse a call, tell them what you're up to, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website, MortonBuildings.com. It's Saturday morning, my friends, and you already know what I'm thinking about. Hot Wings wings from the wing it food truck they make the most incredible wings in the state of wyoming and the way that you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to their facebook page the wing it food truck or you can look on cowboystatepolitics.com underneath the sponsors tab and you'll find their schedule there they make the most incredible wings in the state of wyoming and it's not just hot wings they have several other different flavors so if you're obsessed With hot wings, just like I am, figure out where the Wing food truck is going to be and plan your entire week around where you can find them. That's the Wingit food truck. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And don't forget about the live program, which begins every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. You can find all things Cowboy State Politics at the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. Don't miss a single episode. And now, back to our program. As I told you before the break, there are a number of things that have come to light during this whole Johnson County audit investigation. But first, maybe we should talk about the whole purpose behind an audit. Really? It's to allow the taxpayers to see that you've been doing exactly what you told them that you were going to do. So you're going to spend their money in a responsible way, and you're going to keep track of it, and you can account for every red cent. If left to their own devices, politicians will spend every penny that they can get their hands on. If left to their own devices... Most politicians will spend every penny that they can get their hands on. They'll repay their political allies. They'll use your money in an effort to get reelected. And because they're human beings, they'll try to hide it at every turn. So we have audits. We double check their work. But the only problem is, is that even though an audit is conducted, somebody actually has to pay attention to it. As I pointed out in Wednesday's episode, what happens during an audit is a government entity contracts with an accounting firm, and they give them all of their financial information, the profit and loss statements, the income statements, all of that. And the auditing firm looks through it and determines if what they were given is exactly what transpired. But auditing firms are not watchdogs. They don't report their findings to any higher authority. They don't call the attorney general and say, wow, there's some really shady stuff happening in Johnson County. They just give a report to the people that hired them. Responsible public officials would take the findings of an audit and realize that they have some problems they need to fix. It's worth noting that the main reason that you would perform an audit is to identify fraud and possible avenues that would lead to fraud, mechanisms that you have in place that lend themselves to shady behavior. Usually, what an audit reveals is the incompetence or laziness of public officials, whether they're not collecting receipts, or they're not reporting payables correctly, or they're not keeping track of where their money comes from. Now, to be very clear, in the case of Johnson County, I'm not suggesting that there's any fraud going on. But what I am saying, however, they can't prove that there isn't because of all of the material audit adjustments and the significant journal entries that I told you about in Wednesday's episode. In preparing for this episode, I contacted three separate auditing firms. And just to be completely transparent, PMCH and Casper did not return my request for comment, though so I tried several times. I didn't expect that they would. Normally, they would have just told me, you're going to have to talk to Johnson County. That's what auditing firms do. But the other three auditing firms that I talked to, all of them said that I could legitimately claim that the folks in Johnson County, my friends, have been cooking the books like a Thanksgiving dinner. And the only thing I did was read them the findings of PMCH. When you have significant journal entries and material audit adjustments in 14 different areas of the county's financials, That is the only logical conclusion that you can come to. There are two other items that I think Johnson County citizens would be interested to know. These both came to light during this whole audit investigation. The first of which relates to pensions. There are two pension plans that Johnson County participates in. One is for public employees and the other is for law enforcement. From page 59 of the 2022 Johnson County Audit, And I quote, PEPP, and that's the Public Employees Pension Plan, members are statutorily required to contribute 9.25% of their annual covered salary, and the employer is statutorily required to contribute 9.37% of the annual covered payroll for its total of 18.62%. Legislation enacted in 1979 allows the employer to subsidize all or part of the employee contribution, The county has elected to contribute an additional 7.57% on behalf of public employees. Although paid by the county for purposes of recording the net pension liability, these additional contributions are considered to be employee contributions. The county currently pays 17.19% of covered payroll, and the employees contribute the remaining portion of 1.43%. 17%? Wow! That means if you're making sixty grand a year, which I would argue is probably on the low end, that means taxpayers are giving you an additional $10,000 a year towards your retirement just because you're a public employee. Now, let's just put this in perspective for a moment. If you work for a private corporation, an average pension contribution is about 5%. And typically, employees to a corporation are matched 100% up to 5%. But we're not even in the same ballpark here at 17%. But it actually gets worse, as if that were possible. According to page 59, and I quote... The county fair, the county library, the county museum, and Whedon Pest, which are all divisions of the county, they're not special districts. They don't receive another mill, but those entities also participate in the PEPP pension plan. And those entities pay 100% of the required employee contributions. That means if you work for those little entities, the museum, the library, weed and pest, you don't have to contribute anything to your pension and taxpayers are covering it all. None of the county employees that I just mentioned are law enforcement. They participate in an entirely different pension plan. From page 60, of the 2022 Johnson County Audit. And I quote and listen very carefully to this. LEPP, and that is law enforcement pension plan members, are statutorily required to contribute 8.6% of their annual covered salary, and the employer is statutorily required to contribute 8.6% of the annual covered payroll for a total of 17.2%. Legislation enacted in 1979 allows the employer to subsidize all or part of the employee contribution. The county has, and this is the important part, my friends, the county has elected to contribute an additional 2.65% on behalf of eligible employees. You heard that correctly, my friends. All other county employees are given an additional 7.57% towards their pension plan. Law enforcement, on the other hand, we're only contributing an additional 2.65%. So let me put this another way. Johnson County taxpayers are giving secretaries, and don't get me wrong, I have nothing against secretaries. In fact, I wish I had one. It would make my life a heck of a lot easier. But we're paying them more money than we are the guy that puts on a bulletproof vest and carries a gun to work every single day. So let me put this another way. The guy that protects you each and every day with a gun and a bulletproof vest, the guy that arrests criminals, gets less money towards his retirement than a secretary that sits behind a desk all day long. How in any way could you justify that? Now, the argument against this is going to be, well, they're two entirely different retirement plans, and they're they're managed differently, and there's different benefits the audit says differently it says the county elected to contribute the county commissioners might say well you know it's not in the budget you know we've our our law enforcement budget is really really big and that's all we can do well it's in the budget for everybody else why isn't it in the budget for our law enforcement officers the library, the museum, the fair board, we didn't past all pay 100% of their employees' pension contributions. Why can't we do the same for our law enforcement officers? There were so many inconsistencies in Johnson County's audit that I'm amazed that I was able to make sense out of any of it. But the one thing that is crystal clear in all of that mess is that we most definitely are paying the cops less towards their pension plans than we are a secretary. In other words, my friends, we are straight-screwing the cops. It shouldn't be a mystery to anyone why we have such a big problem of retaining law enforcement officers in Johnson County. And again, you don't have to take my word for any of this stuff. The pensions are on page 59 and 60. And an editorial comment on this matter Why hasn't the watchdog of government in Johnson County told you about any of this? They seem to be lacking for other news stories. This one kind of seems like a biggie. How could they have possibly missed it? I'll tell you how. They didn't even look, and they haven't looked for at least six years. Watchdog of government indeed. The other item that came up during this whole investigation was the Johnson County Fairgrounds their books are a mess as well. As I mentioned at the beginning of today's program, there's $600,000 that they didn't know they have, or at the very least, wasn't reported to PMCH for the audit. As they always say, the devil is in the details, however. In government, there are not that many things that you actually want to turn a profit on. There are a couple of items that you actually do, statutorily, have to make money at, Water is one of those. Another item in government you might want to turn a profit would be the landfill. It has to be, at the very least, be self-perpetuating. If your law enforcement officers are turning a profit, you have a problem of an entirely different type. Either you have way too much crime, in which case it means you need to hire more comps, or B, you have police officers that are pestering people too much. Either way, you don't want law enforcement to be turning a profit. However, one of those items in government that actually should make money is the fairgrounds. For the last fiscal year, the Johnson County Fair and Rodeo, arguably one of the biggest events in Johnson County over the whole year, cost taxpayers $99,805. Unfortunately, the Johnson County Fair and Rodeo for the last fiscal year only brought in $83,928, which means, my friends, that we lost money on the fair and rodeo. In fact, we lost $15,877. How could you possibly do that? There's only one possible way that you could do that, that you're not charging people for attending the rodeo. Now, you might say, to argue this point, that the Johnson County Fairgrounds brought in $55,000 in advertising and sponsorships, We know for a fact that those sponsorships are over the entire year, so you can't fairly attribute that revenue towards the Johnson County Fair and Rodeo. But even if you did count sponsorships and advertising, that only puts you $39,000 in the black, a paltry sum for an event as large as the Johnson County Fair and Rodeo. But let's set that whole week aside just for a moment. If you don't include the Johnson County Fair and Rodeo, the total income for the year or the Johnson County Fairgrounds was $54,927. They hold 250 events a year. So if you do the math on it, that means that they're only making $220 per event over the entire year. I would venture to say, not being an electrician, The $220 doesn't even cover turning on the lights at the Johnson County Fairgrounds for one of their night rodeos. And perhaps this is the biggest point out of all of this discussion about the fair and rodeo. If they brought in, let's say, $2,000 an event, that would bring the total to $418,000 every single year, which would mean that they could completely do away with our tax dollars And that fairgrounds could be self-sufficient. As it is, though, the fairgrounds is not run like a business. That thing is a cash cow, a gold mine, if you will, and it's being run like a clubhouse. Frankly, my friends, they're just not charging people to attend events out there. And they're using your money to subsidize it all. There's a whole bunch of other fun stuff contained in that audit. I've just brought you two of the most glaring things that caught my eye. It's a shame that the media in Johnson County doesn't treat it like the story that it is. Now, I know I keep saying this, and I probably don't have to, but don't take my word for any of this stuff. Everything you need to do your own research is available at the website. You just have to go look it up. Well, that'll do it for today's installment of Weekend Update. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday. But for now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.